Are you ready to discover and unlock your full potential in God? Are you ready to release the power of God in your life? Or do you sense that purpose and destiny are beckoning you to take a leap of faith? If so, continue to listen to this episode. I want to welcome you to Conversations with Chris. I am your host, Christian T. Howell Sr. I'm going to share uncompromising truth and amazing insights as we partner with God on our journey to wholeness, purpose, and to pursue our callings and passion. Take a listen and please stay tuned to the end of the episode. I've got some exciting updates to share with you. See you in just a few minutes. Greetings and welcome to this episode of Conversations with Chris. I am your host, Christian T. Howell Sr., and I am so delighted that you've taken time out of your busy schedule once again to sit and listen and have this dialogue with me. Listen, thank you for all of your emails, your texts, your written mail. It is amazing and phenomenal the feedback that we're having. I pray that this conversation always blesses you, it strengthens you, it encourages you, and also it challenges you. It is our endeavor that as we do this, that we grow, we we strengthen, we, we lengthen our tent cords, and we allow God to stretch us into new dimensions, all through real and relevant conversations. This week, I expect no different. We have taken so much time to talk about relationships And as promised, I told you I would do the next episode on relationships and soul ties. Now, many of you have asked questions about soul ties. I've heard feedback before we did it, but I want to really give you the heart of the matter. I want to get to the core of it, and I don't want to take all day. So, as usual, grab your pen, your paper, your notepad, your Apple, your Android, your Windows, whatever you have, And make sure you get ready to take notes, even to write down your questions. Before we begin, do me a favor and share this episode. Invite friends to listen to it. Invite your family to listen to it. Give it to a neighbor. Download and keep this because this is going to be classic teaching. Now, when we talk about soul ties, let's be very clear here because some people uh, may go by the letter And I want to be very clear. You won't usually find the word soul tie in the Bible. You may not find it in many psychology books. But believe me, through years of study and experience, it is real and legitimate. A soul tie, as we call it, you may find in scripture the word knit. And so you see that souls can be knit together or tied together. Now, let me say this from the beginning. Not every soul tie is bad. I know that's a shocker, but not every soul tie is bad. There are positive, God-ordained soul ties that are needed and are actually beneficial. The most obvious example is that of a husband and a wife. They become one. They're inseparable. 
And that is a godly soul tie. That tie keeps them together. It keeps them from drifting. It keeps them from, from, from separating from each other easily. We're going to talk about that. But even when we mention marriage as a type of soul tie or covenant, it's important to note that the tie is not on contract. It's through the consummation of the marriage, through the, through the interaction, through the intercourse. And so soul ties are formed through sexual acts. But remember, sex was God's idea and it was meant between a husband and a wife. Therefore, they would cleave together. Beyond marriage, there are other godly and great soul ties that we could really glean from. 1 Samuel chapter 18 and 1 is a very interesting passage, but it talks about when, when uh, uh, Jonathan and Saul, it says that Jonathan was knit to the soul of David. Saul was talking but the soul of, of, of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David. And Jonathan loved him as his own soul. It was a godly soul tie. It was brothers. And it was needed. As a matter of fact, it is because of this soul tie that Jonathan and David, they took on and encountered many trials, tribulations, circumstances, all sorts of turmoil. But at the end of the day, they survived, even to the point when Jonathan was long gone. David rose to the power and rose to the palace, and he remembered his tie, his connection, his covenant, and he looked for someone of the house of Jonathan who he could show himself strong and mighty to. He found Mephibosheth because of the tie. You see, not every soul tie is bad. Ruth and Naomi, a positive soul tie. So soul ties in and of themselves are not bad or not negative. We always hear you or usually we hear in context that all soul ties should be broken. They need to be demolished. But there's nothing wrong with sheep being tied to a shepherd, a husband and wife being tied to each other. There's nothing wrong with it. As a matter of fact, it is God ordained. But the same thing that God ordains, the enemy perverts and uses it for evil. Therefore, we do get ungodly soul ties. Now, I want you to stick with me carefully during this part because I want to shed light on what many people are not aware of. You see, in many circles, it is believed that soul ties only come from a man and a woman sleeping together. And that's true. Soul ties are formed because the act of becoming one. Intercourse is the act of becoming one. And so we have to be careful that every time we sleep with someone in a sexual manner, we become one with that person. Know you not that he who joins himself with the heart becomes one with her? And, they, and so we have to be careful that always the act of consummation, it ties the two together. Have you ever known someone or dare testify that you yourself have been in a relationship and it seems like that person could always find you? That, that when you were down, they called at the right time. 
that when you were struggling, they had the right words. They just happen to always know what to do and when to do it. If so, my friend, it's possible that you had a tie to them. Even when you try to get away, that old song reminds you of them. Come on, I know we're in the kingdom, but when Luther Vandross came on, you have memories that kick up and you feel compelled to reach out. It's possible that a tie is present, but that's not the only kind and the only way that a tie is formed. Unknowingly and unsuspected, ties are formed through trauma. I want to explore this a little bit and remind you, stick with this. Don't dismiss it until you've heard it. You see, trauma is in the Greek a kind of cutting. It's a wound. It's during that moment, that traumatic moment, that we're open. We seemingly lean on someone else. We rely on them. And in that moment, we develop a tie. Example, two people lost on an island together. They may be enemies. They may not know each other, may not even like each other. But because of the traumatic moment, survival instincts kick in and their hearts and their souls turn to each other out of necessity for survival. It is a soul tie. Many people are tied together because of accidents. It's possible, and I want to say this carefully but respectfully, it's possible that when a person is open at their weakest, most vulnerable point, that they have to be on guard, that they don't allow themselves to become attached or hooked or tied to the person God sends them to. I believe this is how many in the body of Christ fall prey to all sorts of indiscretions. We start off innocently. We start off very calmly, we start off very candidly, but somewhere along the way, there's a hook placed in the soul and we're drawn together until indiscretion happens. Listen, take a, take a journey and think of David and Bathsheba. David kept looking at her. He kept looking at her. While we may say David had a problem with lust, David kept looking until he got hooked. And when he got hooked, of course an indiscretion happened. But that indiscretion would not let it go until the point that murder was the end of it. You see, my friend, I'm trying to clearly tell you today that ties always lead to sin. It's an attachment problem. And so in the moment of trauma, let's go back to it, when a soul is traumatized or in traumatic moment, as a counselor, as a therapist, as a spiritual leader in the body of Christ, I have to be on guard and you have to be on guard. Because if you allow them to lean on you, they may try to lean into you unknowingly. And before you know it, you have a fatal attraction. That's right. The two have become tied. Now I mentioned the word attachment and I really want to explore this for a few minutes because I don't know if we understand how attachments work. 
So let's do a little homework here and let's do a little research. You're going to have homework on this one. So it, at birth, a child is born. They are placed on their mother's womb, their mother's breast, and they get skin to skin contact. An attachment is made. That's right. It's a healthy attachment. It, that attachment provides the security, the warmth. It provides the covering, the love. It provides everything that's needed. And that attachment helps understand who's good and who's bad. They do the same for the father, but a little bit later. But that attachment, that bond, is beginning of all healthy attachments. It's the foundation. It's, it's the solid source on which everything of personality and identity is formed. What happens when a child is estranged from mother? What happens when a child is whisked off into an incubator? What happens when a child is given up for adoption instantly? What happens? That child usually develops unhealthy attachment issues. They start looking to fit in. They look to crave. They look to belong because we're all made to be attached. You see, even in the womb, the child is attached to the mother via the umbilical cord. It's healthy. And so God created these attachments and these ties because they keep us anchored. Well, somewhere along the way, we learn through pain, through trials, through disappointment, through rejection, through, 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 through abuse, through all sorts of maladies in the world, that it's not healthy to be attached to some people. That sometimes attachment causes pain. And so we look without knowing to connect to someone else. It's no different than the teenager who deep in their heart believes their parent hates them, believes their parent doesn't have their best interest at heart. They fall into a relationship. Before you know it, they're running away. They're eloping. You see, because they were so detached, that's right, they found the wrong person to attach to. Let's take that a step further. Not only did they find the wrong person to attach to, then they're attached to someone who's going to use them, who's going to abuse them, who's going to sell their body. You see, my friend, that person that we look down on in the street, that person that we look down on, that we scorn, that we turn our heads to, they really are trying to be attached and they're looking for love. But somewhere along the way, they got dropped, they got damaged. They got hurt. Even beyond that, every soul tie is based off a decision or a choice, be it marriage or friendship, relationship, a job. We're responsible for them, but we may not have caused the underlying problem. I want to free you right here. You're not responsible for what happened to you but you're responsible for the choice you make when it happens to you. Let me say that again. You may not be responsible for what happened to you. People don't choose to be raped. People don't choose to be abused. People don't choose to be adopted. They don't choose to be abandoned. They don't choose to be neglected. It's not their choice. But at some point, 
we grow up and we get healthy enough and we become responsible for how we respond to the problems of life. Life is full of challenges. Life is full of obstacles. But we're still responsible for every choice that we make. You see, these soul tires are bonds. Isn't it amazing that even in the Bible, they would bound themselves or tie themselves to the altar? Paul said he was a bond servant. He was a slave. He was tied to Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's amazing. Ties can be healthy. Ties can be godly. Ties can save, but ties can damage. Ties can tear down. Ties can kill. It is just that we have to manage who we're connected to. So if we give a definition for a soul tie or a ungodly or unhealthy soul tie, it's any unacceptable bonding that is contrary to God's plan and purpose. Let me say that again. A ungodly or unhealthy soul tie, I define it as an unacceptable bonding that is contrary to God's plan and purpose. You see, it's contrary to God's plan and purpose. And so if the Bible tells me that something is unhealthy and I choose it anyway, I open myself up to be tied to that thing. This explains a lot. Have you ever known someone or you yourself found yourself in a predicament where you tried to break free of a habit, a hang up, a sin, iniquity? Have you ever tried to get free? And you found the more you tried to run, the more it stayed close to you. Did anyone ever stop and tell you it may be because you're tied to it or you're tied to them? It's possible. Think of Ahab and Jezebel. Wow, what an amazing example of a godly soul tie. A husband and a wife that became ungodly because of Eve internal issues. Now their their issues were internal. The marriage, well that's God's plan. But Jezebel being a coward, Jeze Jezebel being overtly manipulative, coercive, being strong-willed, that was not God's plan. Jezebel uh, 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 listening to her husband pout and usurping the authority because she was not king. That was never God's plan. You see, ungodly soul ties always come about. And I want to say that again. Because whenever we allow ourselves to connect with someone or something that is contrary to God's plan and purpose for our life, we become tied to it. So many people are in careers and they come for me, come to me for coaching, counseling, or therapy. And I find out that out of fear, they're tied to that job. They can't make movement. They have dreams of changing. They have aspirations of doing something different, of leaving, of moving on. But their fear, because they made a choice to go, now that fear has them bound and tied to it. Where when they want to leave, when they want to have a conversation, when they want to expand, when they want to grow, amazingly, they can't escape it. So many people are sitting in cities. 
I even dare say sitting in churches, sitting in places of worship, they know God didn't lead them to that place. They're sure. But unfortunately, they develop relationships. You see, let me explain that before you shoot me down. In a hurting moment, we go to the house of God because we're looking for hope. We're looking for healing. We're looking for relief. And when we get there, because we're wounded, there's an opening in our soul. We're damaged. We're depleted. We're drained. We allow people to connect to us. We allow ourselves to lean on people and rely on people. And yes, we need people. The problem is that place we're in, well, it was never God's plan or his purpose for me to be in that place. Therefore, even though it seems good, that tie can be ungodly and unhealthy. That tie, let me explain this. That tie becomes an umbilical cord where things are passed through spiritually. Like the umbilical cord for a mother to a baby. The baby gets its nutrition. It gets its lifeline through that tie. And so when a husband and wife are tied together, that tie provides the, 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 the sustenance needed for that relationship. The joy flows through it. The peace flows through the harmony. Oh my God, the unity flows through that tie. But in an ungodly soul tie, fear flows through that same cord. Come on, rejection flows through it. Victimization flows through it. It becomes manipulative. All these things become pumped into the person because of who they're unhealthily connected to. Do you really think that people in an abusive relationship want to stay there? Absolutely not. They dream of being free. The problem is that tie has allowed fear to be pumped into them so much that now they cannot even act on their dreams because that tie has fed fear into them. You see, my friend, what I'm telling you is we have to be careful of the relationships we allow, the relationships we tolerate, the relation we put up with, because unknowingly we may become tied to them. We've been talking a lot about relationships, how to have healthy ones, how to have better ones. We've been really working on relationships. But I need you to sit down and make note of every relationship that you have entered in or engaged in when you were unhealthy, when, my friend, you were hurting, when you were desperate, when you were at your lowest, when you were wounded. Check those relationships. If it's not a covenant, make sure it's not an ungodly tie. I know you're saying, I may lose friends. My friend, it's better to be lonely than to be bound to someone unhealthy. I'm not telling you that you should be an island. I believe that no man is an island unto himself. We've already established in other episodes that God said it is not good for man to be alone. And it is not. But being with the wrong person, the wrong group, the wrong people is no better than being alone. I remember growing up, people used to say, 
it's better to have someone than no one at all. But my friend, I've come to realize that's just not the truth. Sometimes we have to clear the clutter. We have to disconnect. We have to allow people to leave our souls so that the right people can show up. What if at the end of the day, the relationships that are going to feed you, that are going to sustain you, that are going to help you, to advance you, to undergird you, what if they're waiting because your soul is already cluttered with all the wrong people and the wrong stuff? I'm not saying that you have to get rid of everyone. I'm saying you must examine everyone. This is the season that God is checking our relationships. If he's checking them, if he's examining them, then my friend, we better get on the same page as he. Listen, every time we connect on a deep soul level, a part of us connects with the other person. What happens when you've been in so many unhealthy relationships that you find yourself fragmented? You find yourself just unable to be happy, unable to be sustained, unable to just really get it together. I want you to know, my friend, that Jesus Christ came to put back the fragments of your life. He'll untie you. He'll untangle you. He'll make you whole again. But you got to choose. You see, here's the last thing I want to explore and just really plunge into before we end this episode. I want to warn you about the vows, the oaths, the covenants, the agreements that you make. Vows are known and supposed to bind us together. Supposed to form a bond. That's why it says, it is therefore better not to vow than to vow and not fulfill the vows. You see, a vow is a solemn bond. We give our word to the other person, a part of us. We have to be careful in this season of the agreements we make. We have to be very careful and intentional about the oaths we take, the promises we make. Let's slow down. Let's just slow down for a moment and really check and make sure that we're doing what God wants us to do and not something that's going to satisfy a broken area of my soul. Listen, someone asked, so how do I get rid of these soul ties? How do I unhealthily, uh, 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 how do I healthily disconnect? How do, how do I get free? Well, my friend, it's not as difficult as you think. But it does require your choice and your work. No one can do this for you. Don't get me wrong. People can guide you. People can lead you. But you got into it. You've got to choose to get out of it. So how do we do this tie and get out of it? First of all, we have to repent. The open door was sin, so we have to repent for any wrongdoing. It doesn't matter what the wrong was. We have to repent. Repentance is the entry point that allows us to walk right out. Now, I know that sounded backwards, but the exit is the entry. We're going out of the soul tide. Next, 
We have to get rid of things that were given to us in the soul ties. You see, objects, uh, uh, sound, sights, they're reminders and they're given to us to remind us and unknowingly your mind goes back to a place and a person that you're trying to get rid of and get, walk away from. I don't care how valuable you think it is. Your freedom is much more valuable. Yes. You need to get rid of the gifts and the items that were given from the bad tie. Break all the vows. Break any oaths. Break any covenants. They have to be renounced. Listen. If you told someone you would love them forever, you have to renounce it. It's really simple. It's a vow. It's an oath. And it's recorded, so you have to renounce it. You have to break it. After you've repented, forgive the person. If they've done something to you, forgive them. Trust me. Unforgiveness will keep you tied at a deep emotional level and a spiritual level. After you renounce this tie, you must break it. Breaking is done audibly. It's not a written letter. It's not an email. You break it. The same way we enter into agreement with our mouth, we have to exit it with our mouth. We break the soul tie in Jesus' name. We break the tie with whatever person. We must do it. It's the only way that you, my friend, can break the tie. After you do that, you need to repl replenish yourself. You've got to build yourself up. You've got to get your soul and your heart right. If you're still wounded, you've got to get healed. Unknowingly, that open wound will cause you to want to plug it up with someone or something else unhealthy. It is God's will that you prosper and be in good health, but even as your soul prospers. My friend, this is your season to have godly relationships. This is your day to be free. But my friend, it all starts with a choice. And you, my friend, I want you to get tied to God. I want you to be disconnected from Satan and everything he has. Free yourself. Free your soul. Your future is counting on you. Your family is counting on you. Everything that God has, it's for you. I'm reminded of a passage. And the end of it says, And be not entangled again with a yoke of bondage. Don't be tangled again. Get yourself free. Unravel. Come on. It's worth it. Because you matter. And you are a masterpiece. I promise you. The right people. The right places. The right things. They're all waiting for you. But it's got to be the real you. See you on the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Conversations with Chris podcast. If you like what you heard today, you can visit www.christiantheowell.com for more information concerning books, blogs, information on spiritual growth and development, and even some of the services we provide, such as coaching, therapy, and deliverance sessions. Also, you can find more information about all that we do at www.overcomersmovement.org. Listen, we are everywhere on social media. 
You can find us on Facebook or Instagram. Just look for Apostle Chris or look for Overcomers Movement. Look, I enjoyed this time with you today. Before we leave, please take a moment at the end and rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. If this session has been valuable to you, please share it with a friend, spread the word, tell them that Conversations with Chris is happening every week. Listen, our hearts are for you. You are born of God. You are an overcomer. You have the victory, and we'll see you next week. Take care.